As I came in this morning on the MBTA, I drifted into a reverie. I saw myself lying on my deathbed, ready to surrender my tired body and fleeting life to the great mystery. As darkness envelops me and I feel the peace of angels, I hear a clear, strong voice calling me home. Attention passengers, the next red line train to Alewife <laughs> is now approaching. I don't know if it'll come down that way, but that's how it seemed to me this morning. Some people say Unitarian Universalists want Easter without Good Friday. Some people say on Easter we're more likely to preach about the Easter Bunny than about the resurrection. Some people say we want pleasure without pain, joy without sorrow, liberation without sacrifice. Some people may have a point. So in case you missed Good Friday, crucifixion was an instrument of terror. It did not merely execute. It tortured. It humiliated. The physical details of the death it induced with agonizing slowness, I cannot speak in the presence of children. I will say only that the word excruciating means literally from the cross. The Roman authorities crucified Jesus, but in killing the man they gave birth to a movement that first defied them and then converted them, and which today is joined by one-third of the earth's people. Christians believe that on the third day, Jesus rose again, walked among his astonished followers, spoke to them, and inspired them to teach, to evangelize, and often to martyr themselves for their faith. When Jesus was killed, everybody knew, everybody knew the Romans had won. His troublesome ministry was over, his subversion suppressed, his revolution crushed. But what everybody knew wasn't true. Because death does not have the last word. That, I think, is the meaning of Easter the power of life, irresistible. Whatever our faith or disbelief, whatever our relationship, serene or troubled, with the beautiful, flawed, and sometimes oppressive institution of Christianity, we need Easter or something like it to remind us that life is invincible.
no matter the pain we endure, the suffering, the injustice, the life force not only persists, it triumphs. Even in the horror of the Holocaust, the spirit of life could not be stilled. Eddie Hillison, a Dutch Jew, saw very clearly what was happening under German rule. They are out to destroy us completely, she wrote in her diary. We must accept that and go on from there. I work and continue to live with the same conviction and I find life meaningful. I wish I could live for a long time, she wrote, so that one day I may know how to explain it. And if I am not granted that wish, well, then somebody else will perhaps do it, carry on from where my life has been cut short. And that is why I must try to live a good and faithful life to my last breath so that those who come after me do not have to start all over again. I shall try to spread some of my warmth, of my genuine love for others, wherever I go. Eddie Hillesom died with her family at Auschwitz. As a child in the killing fields of Cambodia, Arn Chorn Pond escaped starvation and execution by playing the flute for the brutal Khmer Rouge guards. Fleeing to Thailand and later the United States, he taught music and songwriting to Cambodian youth in Lowell, Massachusetts. Today, he travels the world, speaking to young people and inspiring them to be peacemakers. He still plays the flute. The music I play, he says, is usually from the old Cambodian culture. It's, it's like a soothing song. It's like music for your ancestor, music of love from the parents to the children, from the wife to the husband, composed by people thousands of years ago when they think about the heart, when they think about the soul. Music is an opening to peace. In the spring of 1994, Immaculée Ili was a 22-year-old college student, home for Easter with her Tutsi family in Rwanda. In Rwanda. In the middle of the night, a voice on the radio put out the call to all Hutus to kill their Tutsi neighbors. Ilibagiza took refuge in the home of an Episcopal priest, a Hutu. She hid in his three by four foot bathroom with seven other women for 91 days. When she emerged, she found her parents, grandparents, and three brothers had been slain. But instead of letting rage and a thirst for revenge take possession of her, Ilibagiza looked deep inside herself and found forgiveness. 
When I saw Jesus on the cross, she remembers, when he said, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they do, I understood exactly what he meant and what I needed to do. She prayed for her enemies. She prayed for the evil to come out of them. So then that gives me a way out of my unforgiveness, of my hatred, she says. And I felt so good. Rwanda can be a paradise again, Ilibagiza believes, but it will take the love of the entire world to heal my homeland. The love of a single heart, she says can make a world of difference. Nelson Mandela is 94 years old. He's been in and out of the hospital lately. And of course, in his 10th decade, death could come at any time. But do you really think that death could ever kill Nelson Mandela's spirit? when the prisons of South Africa had him for 27 years and couldn't do it. Death does not have the last word. My friends, we are confronted by decades of danger. Pollution and climate change threaten ecological, agricultural, economic, and social collapse. Guns, Weapons of mass destruction and the rage and recklessness to use them shadow all of us. Instead of welcoming the stranger, so many of us fear and hate those we see as different. In, day, in days to come, we will need the courage, the grace, and the love of Hillesum Chorn Pond. Ilibagisa, Mandela. But whatever happens, I believe that life irresistible will always survive the killing fields, that the human heart will always find forgiveness, that love always prevails, that peace always comes. I believe in Easter. Amen. And blessed be.